the slum. So there you go. So, uh, John. Let's upgrade, yes? Did you, you grew up in Providence? Mm-hmm. What was it like growing up there in terms of the music scene and stuff? Like, how did you start? How did you get into it? Like, what was your first bands? Like, um, it was great growing up there. I didn't really, <clears throat> I didn't get into the music scene until I was probably like in my late teens, early 20s. And uh, I got lucky enough to meet, I got lucky enough to meet the Pete, there you go. The people at uh, Fort Thunder, I lived across the street from them. And uh, that was like Lightning Bolt and Force Field and Brian Chippendale and all those guys making like the screen printing department from RISD. I didn't actually go to school there. But I somehow, I don't really remember how I hooked up with them, but it's just like meeting common friends and and realizing that these guys were making great stuff. And they were they were inspirational to me for sure. Like running a co-op basically that was doing things like never paying their rent, for instance. I'm still holding the, the, the torch up on that one. But they, uh, you know, it was just like really an inspirational, tight-knit scene. There were a lot of good bands. I joined, ended up joining a band called uh, Landed that had some a couple dudes from RISD and a dude from Brown and another a local guy like me and the band. And that was like, that was the shit, man. It really did teach me like how much fun you can have and it made me realize what I wanted to do with myself. And then uh, it's such a small-knit scene, though, too, that after I'd been in a couple bands and my presence in those bands shit the bed one way or another, I... Uh, it was time for me to move out here because I had no one left to play with there that would have been, you know, good for me to do. And uh, I had come out here once and really fell in love with it just instantly. I don't know why. It was just like the food and the beach and the general atmosphere of San Francisco. And I don't know. I really liked it. So I don't know. That was like a double question answer there. No, it's good. No, Rhode Island's great though. It's sort of like a similar to San Francisco. It's like a tiny little uh, harbor town. It's like a much smaller version. But uh, yeah, it's pretty. They have they have seasons out there. You guys, you should check it out. Fall's pretty lovely. You can seasons. have a barbecue and look at orange trees and stuff. We um we just put an interview up with uh, Jim Hauser. <coughs> He's a Philadelphia-based artist, but he um, moved out to uh, Philadelphia. I mean, to Providence. And From did, Philly. Yeah, and didn't actually weird move. Didn't go to the school, but just um, like sort of absorbed the the creative atmosphere that was going There's on, definitely like, a vibe. like around the school. Yeah. Um, is it kind of all based off the school, or was, is Providence just kind of a... I think, uh, I mean, RISD has a lot of, they, every year there's a new crop of kids, but I think Fort Thunder and those kids, you know, uh, with the, especially with printmaking for some reason, and music music as well, like their type of music definitely put a huge fucking, uh, like a, a lid on that, you know, like people even, even now seem to be like emulating or like taking a little bit from that, not necessarily ripping it off, but, you know, I see stuff now just because I was lucky enough to know those guys back then. You re- I can recognize the element. You know, a lot of artists, it happens out here too, though. Like, people, like, are inspired by each other and their their work can kind of blend together occasionally. But it seems like in Providence, maybe it's because it was so small, a lot of people were definitely, like, emulating that period. So, I don't know. I'm curious to see what's, what's really next coming from out there. There's been people that have kind of gone above and beyond the call of using that sort of imagery too, though. Like, artists, like, uh, there's a dude that does a band called Kites and his stuff was sort of based on the whole Fort Thunder kind of vibe, but yet he sort of went on to a whole nother level. Like, I've read his comics and his music and his artwork for his records. It's pretty incredible. Like, the kid's really gifted. He makes his own instruments and stuff. It's cool. It's a very, very, like, homegrown, lo-fi kind of community, too. Like, none of those bands out there really want to play on stages or, like, live in a house. They want to live in, like, a place that used to be, like, a like a lead paint factory. It's always good. You always have to live somewhere that's going to, like, fuck you up physically. Like... I live in a cancer, ex-cancer research lab, or, you know, I live where they made AIDS, you never know, it's a, it inspires me to make paintings, you know, I don't know. I didn't go to school, I don't understand it. You never went to any No school at all, no, I, I, 
I grew up with wolves in the woods. Oh, nice. Yeah. Whoa, that's my phone. Whoa. Making crazy noises. <laughs> technology touching technology. Voicemails. Some, is that, are they voicemail questions? Why is oh, that no, guy no. a dick? <laughs> I want to sideswipe him with my car. Why are you guys on the internet? That's bullshit. Get off the internet. God damn it, it's free. Um... So if you have a question for uh, Mr. John Dwyer, you can go ahead and email it to us at uh, news at fecalface.com. Anything at all, actually. Oh, I can... Favorite uh, color. I can, I can shoot. I can, oh, yeah. My favorite color is corduroy. I can uh, I can say that we have a... We're playing a show tomorrow night. I'm in a band called The OCs, and we're playing tomorrow night with a band called Cite, who are great. And my roommate's band, uh, Nurses, at the Café du Nord. And I have no idea how much it is, but I'm sure it's too much. But those people are nice, and they feed you. So, not you, they feed me. So, yeah, yeah. come to the show, so they make some worth it to make me brownies and chicken. Think of it as a benefit, Michael. <laughs> it's a benefit for for brownies and chicken. God, I'm so sorry. What have I done? Um, so then, when you came out here, how did uh, how did the coach whips come to be? Uh, I always wanted to play garage rock, like I've always loved really simple rock and roll old 60s stuff even up to like recent stuff for sure that was more of the stuff we ripped off and i had an idea it wasn't originally gonna be called co-trips but uh i was just trying to play with a few different people and it it totally didn't work it just didn't it wasn't right and i was kind of giving up on it because i was after pink and brown the first one i had here and i was uh i didn't know what to do really but that that's like that's the vibe i got that i wanted to play just like really straight rock and roll and uh I, it just worked out really simple that my roommate, this guy John Harlow, uh, who has a kid and stuff now, so I very rarely see him, but he's a good guy. But I lived with him at the time, and he was like, you know, there's a drum kit in the backyard, and I can barely play drums. And it, the thought of somebody playing drums that could barely play drums seemed really right to me for the band. And we set up in the kitchen that day, and he went down and grabbed these two shitty-ass wet, moldy drums out of the sewage in our backyard and went out and bought new heads for him and put them on there, and we just started playing, and it was like instantly exactly what I wanted, and that that's sort of how that started, just me and him getting stoned and playing in our kitchen and really irritating the crazy woman who lives behind me. And you guys, was that primarily your practice space, your kitchen? Yeah, yeah. Actually, OC's practice there for a while, too, until uh, basically everybody for a three-house radius around us all came together as a, as a community to ask us to stop playing, you know. Would you? How often would you guys practice? Back then, we were playing the house since it was a lot more accessible and easy. It was probably like twice a week. But we would try to do it during the day when everybody was at their jobs. Since none of us have jobs and I don't pay my rent. Oh, we oh yeah. I've heard about that. Benefit this. Benefit that. So, like, uh, in total, like, how long were the co trips together? Um, shit. Because you guys, know. like, well, that was the only like, Not two even years that long, ago. Really, like, uh, five years, maybe? Like, a record a year, I think we did. And then there was, there was a lineup change at one point where, uh, John and Marianne, the two original members, uh, left, and uh, Matt Hartman and uh, Valerie uh, from the Blue Plate, the dessert, the, the dessert lady from the Blue Plate, she makes a good brownie, joined up the band, and uh, it just sort of took on a little bit of a new direction there. Got more noisy, and we did more drugs. Nice. What now I just drink Anchor Steams in my friend's closet. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really a closet. It's more like a fainting room where we're at right now. What's a fainting room? <laughs> it's a it's a room that's slightly bigger than a closet. I think that that you could fit like a little bed in, and if you just if you walk in the door and go oh and like pass <laughs> out, you will fall, but you won't land on the floor. You'll hit the bed because the room's just big enough to hold a fainty little feathered. I don't know what the fuck a fainting room is. I'm just making that up. That's pretty awesome. Maybe you could uh, somebody could email in if they know what a fainting room is. I'm pretty sure that's what it is though. Oh, we got some questions coming in. Oh no, I'm actually scared, man. All these questions have been real negatronic. 
Oh, Merrick's got flagged as a junk mail. <laughs> you know what? Let's talk about Merrick. Let's talk about Merrick alone because he's probably one of the eight people listening right now. That guy's got some sweet hair. Did you see him on Halloween, what he was wearing? Wasn't he like Beethoven or no. Mozart or something? <laughs> was he Beethoven? No, I actually saw him before Halloween, I guess, but he had like a Fu Manchu mustache and a karate outfit and some uh, like Nerf uh, nunchucks. Fucking hilarious. You guys went on tour, right? The Dodos and you we did. We did two. Sh- that was me going... <sighs> That's how close I have the mic right now. That's me sipping my beer. We hooked up with him in uh, in Kansas City and then uh, uh, somewhere else right near there. It was it was really good seeing those guys in the country. I think we all, as a band, myself being with my bandmates, I think we all needed a break from each other too. Not that we weren't getting along, but it's always good to to run into friends from San Francisco. Close. San Francisco is good like that too. You see people on the road like when you're on tour. You run into people on the road, and it's always, like, just random. Sometimes just walking down the street, you'll be like, what the fuck? I know that guy. Or, like, I punched that guy at a bar. He beat my ass. I don't know. Or we're actually friends. So it was, like, a miracle when we, when we finally hooked up with them. It was good. Have you um, heard their new album yet? I have not, but I do love them live. Yeah, he's supposed yeah, to. The drummer's really good. That guitar guy sucks. Yeah, I've heard that. He's a finger picker. He's just a little bit on the douchey he's side. I don't know. Freaking finger picker. Freaking stinky ass finger picker i got a question i actually uh never saw that i didn't go to the show or anything but that cafe de nord the infamous cafe de nord show where you guys actually yeah. ended up playing outside you're probably sick of talking about it but no no i love talking about that because it was one of my like, favorite <laughs> shows my whole life and i don't talk to about it that much it seemed really cool like what you guys had some sort of problem we, uh, with the- we were playing a, actually we were playing a benefit show at uh <laughs> at no <laughs> bullshit we really was a benefit show for somebody who had cancer michael you would have totally approved it was a cancer related <laughs> benefit show so I guess if you're having a benefit show, it has to be something really fucking horrible in order to make that, you know, like you can't really have a benefit show unless somebody's dying. But anyway, we were playing this benefit show, and um, it was a girl that we knew who had a brain tumor who's actually doing well now and uh, looking hot as shit, might I say, too. I don't know if it was post-tumor or not, but I never really noticed until after the tumor. But anyway, uh, we, were, we, were, we were getting ready to play, and a buddy of mine, who is a jackass, was down the street drinking a beer, but he's like a half a block away drinking a beer. And the door guys were really uptight at that place back in the day. And they saw him drinking the beer and they were getting all pissy. So I went down there to talk to him about like maybe moving it around the corner. And then when I came back, they said, you're not playing tonight and you can't get your gear because you were talking to that guy who was drinking the beer. And I was like, I wasn't drinking. And they are like, irrelevant. You knew that guy. You're not coming in. Wow. And I was like, you're actually telling me I can't come in to get my fucking gear. Like, I can understand, like, maybe I'm not playing here. Yeah. And uh, my friend that was drinking the beer came up the street, and then one of them, like, slapped him and, like, knocked him down. It was actually kind of hilarious. There was, like, beer spraying everywhere. They were, they were getting all pissy. And I told them I was going to call the cops if they didn't let me get my gear up. So they, they ended up folding on that and letting me get my gear. And all the people at the show helped us grab the gear. They saw it was happening. So, like, people filed in and grabbed our little bit of gear. And I told everybody that we were going to play at the bus stop a half a block away, and we grabbed all gear, and it was about probably like midnight or one in the morning, and we went down there and set up our gear at the bus stop, and everybody, from every single fucking person at that benefit came out to see us play at the bus stop. It was fucking awesome. Probably not so awesome for the band that was actually about to play on stage, who I do apologize to. I don't remember who it was, but it wasn't. It had nothing to do with you, but it was basically about saying fuck you to those guys at the door, because when bouncers suck, they can be the worst. They're like co- like little mini cops without guns. Yeah. And it felt so great to look down the street and see those guys just hell of crazy looking pissed. We were like giving them the finger and shit. And then the fire department showed up while we were playing. There were like 50 people maybe like out in the street. The fire department showed up and we, they let us finish a song. And I went over to talk to him and I asked him if uh, I was like, you know, do you need us to stop? And they were like, no, no, no. We just heard it at the fire station. <laughs> These guys like actually came down from the fire station to watch the show. And so they let us finish our set. And then eventually a cop rolled up. 
but surprisingly didn't get out of his car just was like burk, burk, like hit that horn sound mm-hmm. and, and I looked at him and he was just like waved his hand at me like time to go so we started packing up but those firemen were all saying crazy I think they were drunk or something they were saying some shit like uh, one of them was talking to the other one he's like look at how many girls are here I told you we should have been in a band why the fuck are we firemen they're like yelling at each other and then they actually, uh, one of one of those firemen gave me his card and uh, told us we should play a, a barbecue they're going to have. Yeah. And uh, I was totally down to do that. And then like a week later, that, that fire station right there on Market and uh, Church or Sanchez, whatever the fuck it was, got busted for drinking on the job. Are you serious? So I think my, my yeah, my evaluation was right that those guys might have been a little tanked because no fireman in the right mind would come down and see a rock band playing the street at one in the morning and be in their pajamas with their fire hats on, all psyched. But yeah, it was a good night. But uh, actually, thankfully, the Cafe du Nord is not run by new... Uh, new management and we've I've played there since then they've been very cool and you're playing there tomorrow yeah th- I am playing there tomorrow I hope this doesn't fuck that up for me they are a bit touchy sometimes they'll, they'll hurt I was talking shit it's Uh-oh. a it's a benefit show here we go uh, fickle face benefit show if you have a question for uh, Mr. John Dwyer please email it over to uh, news at com. what's Merrick saying so we're gonna go to Merrick Long who is the uh, front the guy doo-doos. for the doo-doos <laughs> the poopies the doo-doo the doo-doo bird um, his question is, um, it's pretty simple. Why won't you call him? <laughs> I call that guy all the time. You know what it is? Is Merrick sends me these long, meandering texts that make no sense, that have a lot of swear words in them, so it freaks me out a little bit. You know what, dude? I would call you more if you stopped hanging out outside of my house in the middle of the night. I don't like seeing you silhouetted by that tree out in front with a knife. <laughs> You're cute, dude, but I'm not into it. So, Merrick, uh, thanks for that question. Thanks, you, Merrick. Can, ben- if you want a follow-up question, that would be awesome. Yeah, send us another one, Merrick. Benefit show. Um, so if you've got a question for uh, John Dwyer, please email it to news at fecalface.com. John Q. Jolly. I think this might be spam. Are we getting some spam? <laughs> this is spam. Can't knock through walls with your rock-hard cock. Without any doubt, women idolize huge sausages. <laughs> is that what it says? <laughs> oh, my God. Let's totally go to that website right now. Does anybody know this guy, John Q. Hardon? What's his name? Uh, John Q. Jolly. John Q. Jolly. Never open an email with a name like that. <laughs> So Vanessa Wet. That sounds bad. We got a question here um, from Michelle Baca, B-A-C-A. Her question is, uh, New Order or Joy Division? That's a tough one because they're both good, but I'm just going to have to go with Joy Division as I heard them first. Well, that is before, not before anybody else, but before New Order. And um, I like New Order too, though. I really do. Blue Monday, come on. Nothing will lift you out of a fog at a gay bar more than that. But I lo- yeah, I've always loved Joy Division. And the Warsaw record was one of the first things I bought on cassette. I was lucky with a lot of early purchases, and it still sounds good to me. And I just saw that movie Closer. Not I was bad. just going to ask if you saw it's that. It's not bad. It's not bad. I don't know how much information a man can absorb about Joy Division. I think I finally reached my roof on that. Like, I can't possibly watch another half hour or anything about them, but it was good. And the, the music in it, they kind of, I don't know if, I think it's the actors actually playing it. Sounds pretty good. It sounds like a really kick ass, dirtier Joy Division cover band. And that's playing at uh, California and Polk, right? The Clay, Clay, I think, yeah. Or is it Clay, though, on Fillmore? It was on the Clay Theater when I went and saw it. Oh, okay. That joint's weird. You know, you could just walk in there, you don't have to buy a ticket. <laughs> I figured that out, like, the last three times I went there, I paid for it. And then I was the like, one on Fillmore? Yeah, it's just like, they don't have anybody taking tickets. You could just, like, walk in, but there is a guy in, like, a little window off to the side. Reading, that you're reading a book? Like an idiot, I would go pay for my ticket and then walk in and be like, uh, I don't know. Perhaps they should have a benefit show. Oh, there you go. That's a good idea. Let's talk to the Clay tonight. They have, uh, uh, if you like, uh, Yeast on your popcorn? They got yeast there. I love yeast on my popcorn. Yeah. Here's it's, a it's question. Yeast or butter? There's a question back at you. So, uh, Michelle, if you want to get back to us yeah, for that answer. Yeast or butter, Michelle? Yeast or butter. Or both. What the hell? Maybe yeah. you're a wild woman. Michelle Baca. Miss Baca. 
So uh, we got another question. I like how the questions keep coming in. If you got one for John Dwyer, please email it's it. Because I'm getting drunk. People like yeah. <laughs> News at fecalface.com. Fainting room. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna read you his question and then I'm gonna run while you answer it and get us some more beer. You're gonna go to the the tall toilet, aren't you? The beer store. <laughs> the Are you in the toilet. store? Don't leave me here with your no, shit. No, 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 if I'm he goes all the way to the store, this show's over. I can't stay here by myself. It's weird. No, no, I'm going to the uh, kitchen. It's a fainting the room. kitchen store. Okay. All right. So this question's from uh, Pierre Richardson. <laughs> These all sound like fake names. <laughs> um, oh, Pierre. Oh, this one sounds more drama, maybe possibly. Oh, for Christ's sake. What was the deal with the altercation at the hospital show a while ago in Toronto? Oh, okay. And I'll, I'll leave you with that one. Get I'll the fuck get out of here, John. I'm going to need some privacy to answer this one. I'm telling your girlfriend you smoked, too. I saw John smoke. Um, let's see. The, the altercation in Toronto was this guy, Dan, I think was his name. Dan something. He was the promoter from the show. The, I think the place was called The Silver Dollar. And... Uh, he he was a strange guy. Like when we first got to the show, we got there a little late. And me and Adam actually probably at that point didn't get along too hot. We were too much alike, both both obnoxious assholes. And uh, I loved the band though. And uh, I had met that guy earlier in the night. I was talking to him. And he no bullshit. This is how my my first introduction to the guy who ends up getting into a fight with me started. He had a baby mouse in his hand and he was feeding it milk like a baby mouse that barely even had hair on it. It kind of looked like a maggot. It was so tiny. He was feeding it milk, dripping it out of his mouth into this little thing's mouth. And when I walked up to him to talk to him about, you know, how we we're getting paid for the show and such, he he explained to me that this mouse had fallen from in somewhere in the roof of the club and landed on a pool table, and he was now feeding it and taking care of it. So he actually seemed like weird, but at the same time, like no bullshit, like a really nice and caring guy. Like I was like, that's kind of cool. You're actually feeding this weird baby mouse, you know. So he struck me as weird, and then the night progressed, and we were supposed to play. And we kept getting pushed back, and then finally this band from Toronto was playing, they were fucking, and I would never say this about a ba- even a shitty band, but they were just fucking terrible. And they were playing on and on and on, and they were playing for like over an hour at this point, and we were like the last band, it was getting late and people started leaving. And uh, Adam kept insisting that we we play, bef- uh, we were going to play on the side stage anyway, that we, we start up before this band was done, and I kept being like, no, no, we can't do that to those guys, even if they suck. And then finally, I couldn't, even me, like, I couldn't even take it anymore. I was like, okay, fuck it. So we just started playing in between. They were about to play another song. We started playing in between. And apparently that really pissed off this guy that was feeding the baby mouse the milk out of his mouth, who was also the promoter from the show. And uh, that, that, that video that you might be talking about, that was the first song of our set. So when you see that dude come over, we'd only been playing for like a minute and a half. And he walked over and tried to take the mic from Adam and say some, I don't know what the fuck he was trying to say, because there was like delay on his vocals, which made it even more hilarious. And then you know what happened from there. That guy started fighting with Adam, and because me and Adam didn't get along, I wasn't willing to step in, so that's why I sat back and watched him and Adam fight, because I was kind of hoping Adam was going to get his ass beat. And then the dude tried to throw a snare drum at Adam after the fight had been broken up, and that was pretty much where I stepped in, because like, it was like, the fight, lot, Adam man. was being held back by a bouncer, and it was just a bullshit move on that guy's behalf. Like, he was... I think that dude liked having an audience watching him like be like, no, and fuck you, and then I'm, I'm going to hit you with a fucking drum, which was like way, like over he kind of took it over the line when he yeah. tried to smash his head in with a drum, and the drum ended up hitting me, and that's why I hit him. And uh, those kids at that show were so cool, though. My guitar broke after that, and uh, there were dudes after the show. One dude gave me 100 bucks after that show. Outside the show, just handed me a $100 bill. And he was like, that was the best show I've ever seen. And I was like, dude, I can't take your money. And he was like, trust me, I have money. Just take it. He gave me $100. And I was just like, shit, you know? And then also, because my guitar broke, these kids that were at the show who ran a guitar shop, 
the next morning like opened up early and let me go in there and they fucking fixed my guitar for me they like glued it back together and gave me a bunch of like clamps and i took it back on the road and by the next day it was like a brand new guitar so thank you canada canada rules and even the bartenders at that place weren't pissed. I mean, that guy got into that fight. They were just all like, don't worry about it. We hate that guy. Everybody that worked there hated that dude. He feeds mice with his mouth. We don't like him. Sorry if that was too long. There you go. How long ago was that? Not to extend that this. Was a, that was way back <laughs> when. It turned the century. A fart had a chain hanging on it. Now I think that was like, that had to be like three years ago, maybe two. I can't even tell anymore. Everything's yeah. like one big day. One big benefit show. Well, thank you for your question, uh, Pierre, Pierre Richardson. Pierre Richardson, that's a good name. Uh, if you got a question for Mr. John Dwyer, please email it over to uh, news at fecalface.com. Come on, Merrick, don't be an email pussy. Yeah, I know. What's up? That was... that was, all my four friends to email me over here. That was a while ago. Get on it. He's probably not even listening anymore. He, he doesn't hear how much we're making fun of him. He's off at doo-doo practice. <laughs> <laughs> I can make fun of that guy all night. Um, where's my email? Okay. We got another question. <clears throat> oh, good. Ah, ha, ha. <laughs> is this another rough one? No, this is awesome. See, that's the interaction is great. I'm a little scared, you guys. No, this one's from uh, Ryan Seymour, and uh, it's a nice one. He's, he says a fainting room was a room used during the Victorian era where women could go to the rest or could, could oh, it's because of corsets, right? When they were feeling faint. Oh my god! Fainting rooms often included couches where users could faint or recline without fearing bodily harm. <laughs> that is couches. fucking weird. They had an arm on the side, uh, only to permit easy access to. Oh, you know what? I know what they look like. I'm picturing a fainting couch. Well, they they had yeah they had those crazy dresses, so yeah, they, they couldn't actually them. sit. So they. Oh, thank you, Ryan. Yeah, right. Shit, yeah. <clears throat> it was fashionable for Victorian women to have a perfect hourglass figure. Moreover, to achieve I, this sounds like Wikipedia or something. Yeah. Oh, Ryan, did you Wikipedia? <laughs> you Wikipedia fainting room? I bet that you're like probably the only like the second person in the history of Wikipedia to actually check that shit out. What about fainting room? I'm curious about that. Well, I'm gonna totally. Uh, my musical uh, knowledge is pretty. What weak. what happened with uh, whatever happened in the fainting room? I guess the the clothing went out of out of style and uh, nobody was fainting anymore. I miss fainting. Not enough women care about their perfect hourglass figure. I guess. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck, ladies? <laughs> I wish my outfit would squeeze the life out of me. That's great. I'm wearing some tiny, tiny, cruel shoes. Yeah. Um, but he does have a question. What's that? Are you still rocking the Stratatone? I am rocking a Stratatone. I'm actually on my second Stratatone right now, and I would highly recommend them to anyone. I bought it at uh, Real Guitars down in the in on uh, Lafayette in Soma. And, uh, yeah, I love old shitty guitars that stay in tune, and that is that is definitely out of years of searching for a crappy guitar that actually sounds good. That's that's the top of the line for me. And, yeah, it's, uh, I, he remembers seeing, uh, seeing a picture of you playing with it uh, when you were with the Coach Whips, and he thought, God damn it. God damn. Oh, this this is awesome, by the way. What is that? It's a singing monkey. <laughs> You're drunk. No, no, I've only had two, maybe three. Okay, now we're going to go to uh, Brittany Austin, and uh, this interview's been 32 minutes. We can probably answer a few more questions if you got one for john dwyer um email it over to news at fecalface.com um you guys have been very kind by the way thank you very much Brittany austin i want you to talk about zeigenbach cough danka uh i don't really know what you want me to say about it it was uh 
It was a band I did here that initially was supposed to be something that uh, I wanted to see if I could actually make a set of recordings that I could get put out where nobody knew who made them. Like I would create a, a, an entirely false personality and uh, see if I could actually get it released and get people psyched about it without knowing who it was. And it actually started happening. And then the huge fucking mistake that I made was because people were digging it that I, uh, being an egomaniac, took, took credit for it and then started doing live shows and um, got a lot of grief for it here in San Francisco and not that I didn't understand why I think it took it actually took me getting a bunch of shit for it to realize that people were offended and uh, that sort of just killed it for me you know it's like I don't I don't ever really want to make something that bumps people out so I mean although it seemed like a bunch of people were stoked about it too the you know I don't know negative feedback is always a kind of weird thing especially when it comes from friends ears which which definitely happened to me so it was also when I was doing the most uh, speed and cocaine in my life, too, so I barely remember it. In fact, if I hear it now, I look back and I'm like, wow, that was me that did that? That's weird. Which happens with other shit, too, but in particular with that, that period of my life is sort of a haze. One of the one of the darker periods of my life. Yeah, thanks, I'm, Brittany, I'm sorry. for bumming us out. No, Brittany, let's bring it back up. <laughs> What's your favorite breakfast cereal? Let's talk about some not heady shit here. Fainting room. I looked it up. Dear Ryan. we got to put Ryan on Wikipedia. Guy who will look up what fainting room is. <laughs> I actually appreciate it. I really do. No, I'm not. I'm not making fun. I'm just saying. Uh, you started it by saying Wikipedia anyway. That yeah. that dude. That dude knew what a fainting room was. Maybe. Maybe actually. Maybe his knowledge is so vast that he just sounds like an insert on Wikipedia. <laughs> He's like, "Fuck you guys." Wikipedia ripped me off. Okay. That's quite a possibility. Uh, Pierre Richardson has a question. Oh wait, no, he's back. Pierre's back. Is he saying "fuck off" this time? <laughs> I don't appreciate you guys. Um, what did Pierre ask? Was that about Toronto? Wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, he says, as far as I know, he was some hotshot investigative reporter or something for a major TV show or something, then lost his job for being a crackhead. Now yeah, he... W- oh, I forgot to mention that part of the story, <laughs> Pierre. The guy... All right, no bullshit. Ad- this is the loudest I've been all night. I get all excited. Adam, the dude in the band with me, or the dude that is the hospitals, he uh, he actually caught him right before we started playing, got into the fight with the guy, smoking rock in the bathroom and handing over band money. So that was sort of the catalyst for him and Adam getting in the fight, too. I forgot about that. He actually... I don't know. You never know with Adam. He's always full of shit, but he did say that he saw him smoking The Rock. The Rock. I don't think Adam really knows what crack looks like. He's going yeah. It was, like, huge. It was, like, he was, like, smoking a whole car in there. I don't, I don't fucking know. He tried to describe crack, and he was like, it was like a chipmunk, a tiny little furry, but really, the guy looked so high. Anyway, sorry, what was he saying? Um, he says, uh, uh, anyway, apparently you can rent the DVD at a store in Toronto or something, and he says, get those royalties. You know what's weird is actually I got that I forgot to mention this too I got that uh, that that video of that fight I was down in Austin probably like a year after that happened and there were these weird like sort of long haired dudes who were in this like psych band they were like staring at me from across this barbecue I was at and I was, I remember thinking like what the fuck are these guys staring at and then one of them came over to me he's like were you in Toronto last year and you got into a fight at a bar and I was like yeah. And he was like, oh, my God, I knew it was him. And he's, like, yelling to his friends. He's like, come over here. It's the guy. It's the guy. And this whole band came over. And they're like, you're the guy that beat up that dude, Dan, whatever. And I was like, I was totally uncomfortable because I didn't know if they were going to kick my ass or not. And I was like, yeah. And they were like, we shot the whole thing, and I have a DVD. And those dudes actually got psyched. They got psyched. They said it was, like, a cult underground classic in Toronto because I guess everybody hates that guy. So that would probably be why you can rent it at the local video store. But they they sent me the copy of that, and then I went ahead and put it on the DVD and. Again, a thank you to those guys for shooting out that DVD to me because I never knew how goofy I looked when I fought until now. <laughs> it's like a fainting room. It's like I'm, <laughs> I don't know, it's like I'm swatting a fly. 
Yeah. Thanks for that uh, follow up there, Pierre. Thank you, Pierre. Pierre, are you Canadian? I, th- I hope so. I would imagine he's Toronto Wayan. Toronto is that what they call them? <laughs> God damn you people, you're so good looking. Stacy Dreyer has a question. Uh, she would like to know if you're coming through New York City anytime soon. Um, you know what? I want to, but uh, we don't have any funds to get out there. We're trying to record. Those are working on a new record right now, which is actually almost done. And uh, although I have a great time every time I go there, basically since I broke off with Narnak Records, they were the ones who always flew me out there. That's why I was out there like once every other week. So uh, we're planning on doing a little tour maybe come spring. And we'll see if we make it out there. I would love to come out there again. Of course, I have a lot of friends, and New York's fucking great. Great place to visit and, and get hung over in, but uh, I don't know. How, how do you guys do it out there? I don't know how they live there. It smells like pee in the summer. Stacy, a follow-up? How do you do it? How do you do it, Stacy? How do you do it? <laughs> where, where is one of your favorite places to play when you guys have played in New York City? Oh, there's so many. Oh, in New York? Yeah, and, um, and here, actually. San Francisco, New York. San Francisco is definitely, hands down, the San Francisco Eagle Tavern, the uh, the bar on 12th and Harrison. I love that place. Those guys, anybody anybody that's listening that has a band that's looking for a place to play should try and play there. Thursday nights, they have a fire pit, leather daddies, cheap beer, great stage, all around great vibes. The cheap band's great. The tamale lady goes there. She loves that place. Um... In New York, pretty much anywhere that's not a traditional bar in New York is usually really great. Like, all the kids that set up uh, this place called The Silent Barn that was really fun. I played on the street last time I was there in Times Square. I played drums with this guy Sam from the Z's. So many good spots. Like most, mo- I think my favorite spots there are definitely the spots that aren't, like, traditional bars. Like, I played at the uh, the Union Pool, which I've gotten so fucked up at that. You ever been in the Union Pool, John? Uh-uh, I don't even know. It's like a bar in New York that's so set up for drugs. It's got, like, a huge outdoor area and indoor area, and then, like, 12 bathroom, locking bathroom stalls. It's, like, it's made for doing blow. So, like, I've been there so many times and gotten so fucked up there that I don't even remember being there. And then I finally get to play a show there, and I was like, this is going to be fucking great, and never think the show's going to be great, because it was fucking horrible. Like, there were all these people there, and we were terrible, and I sucked. It was just, it was awful. So, like, it's great to go to, like, a warehouse show or a party in Brooklyn or in Queens or whatever and not have high expectations and end up getting your head blown off by how cool these kids are, you know? Like, definitely, like, anything underground there. And I had a good time at the cake shop in Manhattan, too, but the bars there are weird. It's just, like, you know... They have so much going on there all the time, so many shows that you get a more personal touch, I think, when it's like somebody's, somebody's like weirdy, weird little art warehouse or whatever. Um, benefit show. <laughs> benefit show, yeah. Fainting room. <laughs> they're, they're benefit show in the fainting room. Yeah. Yeah. Let's have a benefit show for fainting room, Michael. So uh, <laughs> thanks for that uh, question, uh, Stacy Dreher. Thanks, um, Stacy. I hope to see you soon. If anyone has any last second questions, feel free to uh, email them over at news at fecalface.com. But um, just real quick, like, what's what are you up to now with OCs? Like, do you have any future just, projects? Uh, you guys are working on a new album. Working on the new record that'll be coming out on uh, my label called Castle Face and uh, this label called Tom Lab out of Germany that have been actually quite quite genuine and great to deal with. So we're hoping to get that out by March so we can go down by South, South by Southwest and play their benefit or <laughs> their showcase. Sorry, uh, now I'm just like gonna start spicing up by throwing benefit in front of everything. My benefit <laughs> diarrhea. Um, irrelevant though, yeah. I just trying to. We're just trying to get this record out. It's been so much work. We worked on. We've recorded it three times so far, which I've never done before. So it's been ridiculous. So like this, we finally we recorded this guy Chris Woodhouse in uh, Sacramento, and that that was finally like the guy we needed. I'll, I'll never record with anybody again. Just him. That's it. I've been doing nothing. I've just been having crazy benefit shows so I can pay my rent, big dog. What about your visual art? Oh yeah, I've been painting a little bit. I've actually been using a lot of. Uh, I've been doing a lot of graphite drawings. I've been digging on the pencil. 
it's it's totally sick like art you know like when i was a kid i started drawing with pencils and then i tried everything in between and just this year i finally realized that all i just should have stuck with pencil the whole time that's really what i like all right i have no shows coming up though i'm just working on some new stuff to wild them with me but perhaps i'll do a, a fecal face benefit show yes, yes yeah yeah get a new beard for the man it's looking a little scrappy yeah, it's, it's got it's <laughs> holes to fill in or something. Billy Gibbons would slap you crazy. Who's Billy Gibbons? The guy from ZZ Top. Oh, He's got a big it. old beard. Can't compete with those people. Yeah, you can't. That, that beard is ridiculous. That guy doesn't even have a face. It's just all hair coming right out of his brain. Oh, we got another question. Last question. Okay. Um, no whammy, no actually, whammy, I don't no whammy, no whammy. He, doesn't want to, he said there's no, uh, no reason to read this out loud. Um, <laughs> but uh, Pierre Richardson is, in fact, Canadian. Um, he's half... Quebecanese. Quebecanese? <laughs> I don't know how do you pronounce that. You can't pronounce it. Dude, Half if English. Pierre was here right now, he would beat your ass for saying that. No, no, uh, don't take it the wrong way. Um, you have listeners all the way in Canada? This is incredible. The internet. It goes Damn, dude. Not yeah, bad. It goes to Mars. You should come down and hang out in uh, San Francisco, Pierre. Come hang out at John's house. He lives by a bunch of taquerias and a big uh, uh, concrete soccer soccer court. Yeah, they like soccer. Soccer court? That feels wrong. Soccer court. <laughs> Benefit show. Benefit show. So uh, why don't we? Uh, we're gonna take a break here. Let's you play guys, some music. I have to pee again. Yeah, you guys keep listening, and then uh, what we're gonna do is we'll. Uh, uh, this will be available for download tomorrow or the next day, depending on my thing. And uh, <laughs> you're a real wordsmith when it comes to the internet. <laughs> That's why I'm behind. I don't talk. My I thing on the uh, yeah <coughs> cancer uh, research benefit uh, party art music dog hard on. John Dwyer here. See you guys later. Okay, goodbye. And uh, actually, don't goodbye. Uh, I, I gotta pee. What's going yeah, on? No, you go. You oh, go I can goodbye. go goodbye. Um, but you guys hang out. We're gonna actually play some of John Dwyer's. Uh, he brought over some CDs, so some of his uh, current favorite songs, some stuff he likes. So stay tuned for that. We're gonna take probably like a five or ten minute break, but we'll play some random stuff that's on my iPod, like this. So we'll be right back. Hey, hey. 